We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we start today's show, I want to let you know about our friends over at MyBookie. They've been with us all season long. They are a great partner of Rotoviz Radio, and we're proud to have them as our partner during the 2019 season. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to bet for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet as we get ready to wrap up this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If you haven't done a parlay yet, I'm sure many of our listeners already know those betting terminologies, but you can add up a few of those favorite plays you have this week bet multiple games together and get a much bigger payout so if you're going to bet this season do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win and if you join right now mybookie will give you a 50 percent deposit bonus up to your first one thousand dollars on that first deposit it is just as easy as that enter the code rotoviz as you activate the offer they will match that first thousand dollars with a five hundred dollar bonus so fifty percent of whatever you use up to one thousand dollars visit my bookie online today that's my bookie and don't forget to use the promo code rotoviz bet when get paid mahomes has the time delivers perfectly downfield touchdown patrick mahomes with a rope this one this time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie and Roman. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, joined by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel, co-owner over at Rotoviz.com. Sean, we are in the fantasy playoffs, I guess, I'll start the show off. It was a pretty good week for me, but quite a few of those teams, and we've seen this on Twitter over the last couple of days, we've seen people talking about it in different social media platforms, some of those high-scoring teams throughout the season 
fell at that first hurdle when it gets to the playoffs can be a tough time of the year i had a few of those scenarios over the last couple of days it's never it's never nice but we're kind of we're still standing in a couple off good spots so uh, hopefully it'll continue that way how did this week fare for you have you got some of those teams still rolling in the playoffs it was mixed because uh whether or not you had drew Brees in your lineup could make a big difference this last weekend uh, I had him going in the Kitchen Cinco League against Ryan McDowell and came out ahead there. Unfortunately, my Iron Throne team, and we talk about this uh, from time to time, not quite as much this year necessarily, but that is run by one of my old favorites and, and close friends, Ross Miles, includes full IDP and everything there. I was trying to defend my title uh, with the Casterly Rock Lannisters team perhaps some of the developments uh, across the non-football landscape made that a little bit more difficult this year with the finale however one loss all season Christian McCaffrey Austin Eckler Aaron Jones the big scores from those guys there but unfortunately the opponent had Drew Brees and had one of his highest scores of the season one of those kind of frustrating situations and i know a lot of fantasy owners face this we also have a number of formats who that have addressed this kind of thing at this point but our semifinal was much much higher scoring than the second semifinal you always hate to go down in the semis when the other game doesn't come anywhere close to yours if you're in a shootout and the other one is in a pillow fight then it becomes a little bit frustrating you feel like both teams should be able to advance to the finals there however big picture you know very excited about how the season is playing out McCaffrey and Eckler two of our favorite guys and certainly McCaffrey this season would have been very difficult to get in redraft but in dynasty formats if you were on him from the beginning and spent the last three years trying to acquire him anywhere you could, then this season is really paying off for you. So those two guys together, and we'll discuss that a little bit more and why we like those guys and why we think we can help listeners, users, subscribers to the site through our Dynasty recommendations. And I think that brings us to one of the other big developments for the site this week yeah massive news this week sean obviously and um you know you've been working on it behind the scenes at uh, road of his acquiring the dynasty command center i know uh there'll be quite a crossover i'm sure between some of the audience you know the dynasty players uh obviously well aware of curtis patrick who is uh, a major part of the team here both on road of his radio and the road of his uh, website um you know chief brand officer with the site so it's, it's fantastic to to see this happen sean but um obviously um you, you have to be delighted with the the new acquisition to the site and to see where uh, it grows as we head towards 2020 for for rotovis i am it's it's awesome to bring on something like dynasty command center i think everyone in the community is aware of what curtis and ryan mcdowell and travis may have done with this obviously ryan will not be involved in the future but we have nothing respect for him who may be the best dynasty mind in the community it's exciting to have the elements of dynasty command center going forward as curtis announced yesterday we're selling the pre-sales or we're getting into that rookie guide and you know this this is maybe the most fun time of the entire fantasy season looking at those new rookies and i'm personally excited to continue the tradition that we have of great metrics, great 
evidence-based evaluation, trying to help listeners and users understand what elements of a collegiate player's profile will help translate to the NFL and which elements tend to more be noise or things that are cool, things that are interesting, but may not be relevant in terms of that jump to the professional league. We've had a lot of great calls with these players, you know, since 2013 when, when this all started. Was really reminded of that this week with the massive explosion from A.J. Brown. Now, we'll talk about Brown a little bit later in the show, but we had him ranked number two overall through most of the summer, and that was a little bit of a provocative ranking for a second-round rookie who goes into what, frankly, was not a good situation there in Tennessee. But you go in, use some of our tools, you pull him up in the box score scout. You know, you see these comps to players like a Mike Evans, like a Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think might be the closest one there. And certainly that gives you a lot of excitement about what he can do. You dive a little bit more into the metrics, the predictive elements of his profile, and see this is a guy who is undervalued. Now, sometimes that pans out right away. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient. But with Brown, certainly now with Tannehill under center, He's having these huge games. So we're excited to bring a lot of these elements to the subscribers and to the people who purchase this guide. Curtis is already working on it. Uh, people who listen to the site know what high esteem we have. We hold Blair Andrews in. He's going to be working very closely with this, taking a lot of the evidence from his wrong read columns, putting them into this guide. So I, I couldn't be more excited about where we're going as a site having dynasty command center on board and certainly this rookie guide should be a lot of fun yeah the rookie guide is going to be awesome and you mentioned blair being involved curtis being involved it's just going to be a phenomenal piece of uh, like a piece of kit to have ready for uh, the the season when you're getting ready for your drafts next year and you know there's gonna be three volumes the first one coming out uh, just in the towards the end of january you'll have the one then pre-draft and post-draft and you know you can pre-order it right now um, up on the site 14.99 and i think it's going to be something that gets you ahead off your league mates as you get ready for next season and you know sean touched on there and we're going to talk about aj brown a little bit later in the show guys like that a lot of the the road of his subscribers the road of his listeners will have them on their dynasty rosters based on where people were ranking them on other sites versus where they were going on rotaviz.com so we'll be looking through that guide and talking about it as it comes out i'm sure towards the end of january previewing it uh, and talking about it but head on over get in and pre-order it now 14.99 over on the site and as always when you're over on the site you can get yourself that rotaviz nfl pass right now as a loyal podcast listener it's available through the nfl podcast homepage which is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast if you're in the midst of the playoffs or if you're getting ready for next season this is the time to be going in there checking those tools and i've seen a lot of people um talking not just rotoviz writers and rotoviz users but on twitter over the last couple of weeks those rotoviz tools are getting more and more screenshots and getting put up there by guys that are on other fantasy sites but it's pretty clear that they're using that rotoviz uh, tools and the suite that's over there with all the different uh, things that you can find out about those fantasy players so get on board now 10 percent off through the end of next season uh, and get that amazing value and support the podcast network once again that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast 
So, Sean, I guess we've teased it. You teased it. I teased it. I guess we'll just get into talk about AJ Brown uh, here as we get ready for the second uh, segment of the show. And I, I think it might have been the show, Sean, that we had the technical issues with a couple of weeks back. I think we might have touched on AJ Brown on that. So then I talked about him in the solo part that I had to re-record. But AJ Brown is somebody who, you know, I've talked about his size. We talked about him in the preseason. I know you really liked him. And we talked about there a moment ago. He was up at number two in terms of the rookies for, for the site this year and those rankings but he's somebody who had those flashes early in the season has had kind of injuries he's been a little bit banged up but over the last couple of weeks a couple of huge games for him in terms of yardage and touchdowns and two touchdowns this week for him looking so so good um you know the change with ryan Tannehill under center has you know it's, it's transformed this offense i i have been from when marcus mariota came into the league and until probably prior to this season i probably was one of the big marcus mariota truthers out there and it just never clicked and what's happening here with uh, ryan Tannehill under center at the moment is basically what i always dreamed of happening with uh, marcus mariota and it just did not happen and now we see aj brown in there uh, and we see this team starting to move we see derrick henry who we talked about last week on the show continue to have big weeks if you were in the fantasy playoffs this week and the derrick henry major advantage again as he continues to produce but aj brown sean we were high on him heading into the season. You know, where are we looking at him now? I know you think that a lot of people still probably far too low in terms of the, the overall dynasty rank for AJ Brown. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan Tannehill, and it's been crazy how this offense has changed. The probably the most popular tool on the site is still the game splits app a lot of fun to get in there see how players have performed in this split or that split against great defenses against poor defenses when you're ahead when you're behind based on what the projections are other players who are also playing in that game with you to see how different teammates interact another tool that does a lot of the same things and can be really interesting to pull up in the context of some of these guys with the team splits app right so you can see how a team performs when certain players are playing or in other situations but speaking of Tannehill, we pull him up we look at what the titans have done with him and without him they're averaging 2.28 points per drive in games he's played in only 1.25 without so more than a point more per drive when he's on the field the passing yards per attempt have jumped from 7.5 to 9.8 so seeing huge differences as you mentioned and that has paid off for derrick henry but it's also paid off for some of these wide receivers this was the third game this week in which aj brown had at least 15 fantasy points over expectation five receptions seven targets 153 yards with the two touchdowns and when we talked about how high we were on him this summer and i was a lot higher than most of our other rankers and certainly most rankers on other sites with my november update moving him up to number 55 overall but with these recent performances i moved him up again up to number 25 now and that may seem like a little bit of an overreaction to these most recent games but everything that we know about receivers number one performing well as rookies number two being extremely efficient as rookies suggests that brown is in position for another big step next season where he could join that group of players like a dj moore a Cortland sutton uh, guys who took the jump this year uh, certainly players like a Juju Smith-Schuster who even with the the frankly horrible and now injury plague season this year is going to be a top 10 to 15 
dynasty player again in 2020. We're about to see Brown make that move. You want to have him. You want to buy him before he gets that expensive. I already have him up there. I think he's just going to continue to rise. Yeah, I think I think he's going to continue to rise. But we talked, I think, maybe last week or the week before too, about how underrated this uh, draft class at the wide receiver position may have been uh, as they come in. And, you know, A.J. Brown obviously um, had a big week this week, but somebody who's having a, a big season, and we talked about it in the preseason, there was a lot of talk about, you know, was he just a kind of athletic marvel rather than a, a good football player? And that's D.K. Metcalf as well for the Seahawks. The Seahawks obviously not having a, a good week this week with the loss to the Rams. But uh, Metcalf actually leading the way at the wide receiver position uh, in terms of the the yards on the season, A.J. Brown, the other one. But the two of those guys are having having phenomenal years all around. There's only four yards between them when we look at the overall numbers. But, uh, you know, in terms of overall as, as rookie wide receivers, big, big seasons for both of those. And, you know, it, it kind of frightens me, Sean, sometimes when I look at the age of some of these guys coming into the league, you start to realize you're getting older and older. And both those guys uh, born in 1997. So uh, lots of years looking forward to seeing them playing here moving forward. But, um, you know, AJ Brown's kind of the player we all dreamed as well. I mentioned Marcus Mario earlier. He's probably what we dreamed that uh, Corey Davis could be. Now Corey Davis kind of figuring as the, the number two behind them. But this team could continue to have a quite a quite an explosive offense going forward here. And uh, AJ Brown is somebody who uh, I'm very excited to, to have in some of those leagues. And we, we talked about it between AJ Brown and Marquise Brown. The two Browns were kind of, a lot of people were higher on Marquise Brown at that stage. And, you know, after a couple of weeks into the season, it kind of looked like, Maybe it, people should have been looking the other way because Brown started off very hot in terms of targets, in terms of production, uh, you know, down in Baltimore. But AJ Brown is looking like a, a real, real fantasy asset to have in Dynasty. And I think Marquise Brown is too, but uh, I, I really like the look, uh, look of what we're seeing from AJ Brown. Looks like uh, that kind of quintessential wide receiver one you mentioned earlier, how he kind of looks a bit like a Mike Evans or a Juju Smith-Schuster. And obviously that's what you want to have on those fantasy rosters and unfortunately we've seen mike evans this week get the big touchdown pulled up with the hamstring injury looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season now with that somebody who uh was involved in one of the more fun games of the weekend sean we'll probably just touch on him briefly because in terms of dynasty asset he's probably uh he's picked up value this season in fairness to him but he's at the end of the the road in terms of dynasty value and that's emmanuel sanders uh somebody who's still hanging around in a couple of my leagues but i thought uh, the window for him to be putting up fantasy points had possibly disappeared this week throwing a passing touchdown as well so it's that was a, a fun game to watch down there in new orleans i mentioned the mike evans injury another player who had a nice week but ended up with uh, another injury and that's calvin ridley so we've likely seen him shut down uh, now for the rest of the season but it, it was a uh, an exciting week overall sean was there any other players who, who stood out to you maybe who helped you in fantasy or maybe even went against you in fantasy uh it's always it's always that difficult situation where like you mentioned having drew Brees or not having him there's a lot of players at this stage of the season where you might start the season and you have them on quite a few teams and then you're that team might be out of playoff contention and then you're hoping for him to not have as big a game so it can get very tricky come these latter weeks of the season was there was there anyone else that really stood out for you this week uh, at the wide receiver position well you mentioned sanders and certainly while he's not uh a terribly relevant dynasty player anymore certainly even in this game we got to see how Debo Samuels is the future there in San Francisco certainly someone where if you're playing for this season or you're in one of these high stakes formats where it's the race for all the money then Sanders was about oh, there's a lot, player oh, we could possibly have. a lot of value uh, yeah. yeah just a huge game here and 
it hasn't been just Sanders. The Jimmy Garoppolo emergence has also coincided with some slightly easier games, although that wasn't necessarily the case this past week. Certainly corresponded with Debo Samuel's emergence. However, it is interesting to see. You pull up the game splits app, and since Sanders has joined the team, Garoppolo, and he's someone I have in uh, Ben Gretsch's sort of interesting uh, dynasty best ball league, and and. I finished third in the regular season. We're about now to have the playoffs, semifinals, and finals these next two weeks. And last season, I lost close games in both the semis and the third place because both of my quarterbacks were injured and out. So I have Garoppolo. I have Andy Dalton. Those aren't the highest end guys. However, what we've seen now with Garoppolo recently is much more exciting right since sanders has come on board averaging over 25 points a game that's almost a 10 point jump from where he was previously a little bit like we discussed with the Tannehill change garoppolo's yards per attempt have jumped from 7.9 to 8.8 his touchdown pace for the season has jumped from 19 to 41 right he's on pace for almost a thousand more yards since Samuel Samuel uh, Sanders joined the team so having Sanders has been it's been great for Sanders it's been great for Garoppolo it's been great for the 49ers you go in to the AYA app you can see how quarterbacks are doing when they throw to certain wide receivers or you can turn it around and see how receivers are doing from different quarterbacks Sanders only at 7.4 adjusted yards per attempt with Joe Flacco obviously Flacco probably also at the end of his career but that's jumped to over 9.6 with Garoppolo so this is one of those win-wins where it's really helped Sanders it's really helped the 49ers you also mentioned Calvin Ridley and Ridley was one of our guys so it's pretty demoralizing to see him go out here I was all excited to make a late run in the MFL 10 of death but now T.Y. Hilton out, Will Fuller somehow on the sidelines again, uh, Mike Evans going out with the hamstring, and Calvin Ridley going out with the admin. So going to be difficult to figure out where those points will come from over these last couple of weeks. However, we can certainly celebrate what these guys have done. And Ridley, he was off to a frustrating start this season, right? Only averaged 12.3 points per game to the first 10 weeks but he's exploded over the last month with 21.5 points per game. Now, the thing that I think is really interesting and kind of cool about that is that even though these are his first two seasons, right? So not giving, not getting this experience or anything to work with, just from the beginning of his career, he's number seven among wide receivers and fantasy points over expectation. And the only people he trails are some big names which you would expect guys like tyler lockett michael thomas mike evans tyreek hill amari cooper and chris godwin however if we go back and only look at players in the first two years of their career pull up the road of his screener look at the last 20 years it doesn't come as a big surprise to anyone i don't think that odell beckham would have been number one in this category with a 137 fantasy points over expectation unfortunately for Beckham owners we've seen in 2019 what happens when those points over expectation disappear because the wide receiver is no longer what he once was but Beckham those first couple of seasons magical really almost unparalleled in NFL history Mike Wallace may be a surprising number two but certainly a deep threat who could score big at any given time and then a couple of Drew Brees guys in Kenny Stills and Robert Meacham but Ridley comes in fifth 
and would have passed those guys almost certainly if you've been able to finish out this season. I think it's interesting the next couple of names on the list here. Directly behind Ridley, we have Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster. And one of the reasons why I bring this up and one of the reasons why we do the FPOE report every Monday and look at the efficiency for some of these receivers is because it actually has a big impact in terms of what receivers do in subsequent seasons. We talked a lot about how that's a factor in second year breakouts. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted you to buy DJ Moore, buy Christian Kirk. Certainly those two plays have panned out, but it also helps just across the board. And and this is where we can look at Blair Andrews work again in the wrong read. I encourage you to go to edition number 59 and see him talking about wide receiver efficiency and the impact on production the following year it's pretty cool you'll be surprised certainly calvin ridley one of these guys who's gotten off to a historically good start in his nfl career before we get into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our friends over at roman talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blame it on ourselves by saying something like i lost my mojo we have different excuses from time to time but with roman it's really simple and easy to talk about they have real doctors who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the privacy and comfort of your own home the doctor will work with you for the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate roman will ship it to your door with free two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward simple and discreet as i mentioned previously and of course getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash blue wire and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman go on today and complete that online visit and connect with the doctor and get the best steps to take care of it once again, just go to getroman.com forward slash blue wire to get a free online visit today with free two day shipping. That's roman.com slash blue wire. Once again, roman.com slash blue wire. So, Sean, moving forward, of course, we you mentioned Blair's great work with the wrong read article just up there above, and we're going to look a little bit about some of his observations from the recent post for this week after uh, this week's NFL action. Something before we jump into that, there is a player, obviously, that we're going to talk about here in this part here, and it's Terry McLuhan. But when we look back, I mentioned the rookie class at the wide receiver position a moment ago, and we have guys like AJ Brown, McCall Hardman, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. Debo Samuel and Andy Isabella. Now, out of those guys, Isabella has been more of a, you know, getting limited action compared to the rest of the crew. But looking through those names, and we already uh, kind of hyped up AJ Brown quite a bit. So we'll leave him off the list this time. Out of those remaining rookies, who is your favorite rookie so far this season to watch? I, I have been more impressed with Metcalf than I think I thought I was going to be coming into the season. But the two that really have stood out for me in terms of, uh, you know, one in terms of consistency would be Debo Samuel over the last kind of six or eight weeks. The one I think is the actual best NFL wide receiver from a, you know, a right running point of view and things like that is Terry McLaurin. So I've enjoyed both of those guys. I just wish McLaurin had a, a, a more promising quarterback uh, situation at the moment. I know it's a, a first round pick, but I just haven't seen all the pieces start to click together there yet. So uh, who out of that list of rookies is, is, is impressing you the most? it's a great list and the reason we have that particular list in the article is those guys are all rookie wide receivers with more than 10 fantasy points over expectation which again we've mentioned is a strong signal for that second year breakout McCole Hardman's actually number two on the list here even though he only has 
24 receptions he has 47 points over expectation now we wouldn't necessarily expect him to continue performing at that rate (laughs) you go into the ay app and you see that patrick mahomes is averaging more than 15 adjusted yards per attempt when he targets hardman to put that in context tyreek hill who obviously is a superstar is at 8.8 okay so the chiefs should be targeting hardman more he almost certainly will be more involved in his second season he's probably the guy with his speed his talent this offense patrick mahomes where if you were to have somebody and perhaps it would be through an injury to hill or maybe just having mahomes jump back up one of the things that we haven't talked a lot about necessarily is that in addition to the injuries that Mahomes has had the Chiefs have also had a very difficult opposing slate of past defenses and so there are a number of things that have really suppressed the Chiefs passing offense this year that we would probably expect to turn around at least to an extent in 2020 if Hardman is the beneficiary there he's a guy who could be a top 10 wide receiver in 2020 he'll also be less expensive than a few of those other guys now you mentioned McLaurin uh, Patrick Corrine had a fantastic article up on the site about a month ago. Uh, maybe one of the most must-read articles I've seen in fantasy for quite some time. Go back and read that if you haven't had a chance. It talks about how you should wait to buy him because Washington was about to go through a very difficult schedule. We've seen a little bit of that effect. Certainly the quarterback situation hasn't helped. The fact that they simply want to run the ball over and over hasn't helped, and yet his numbers have still been very good. And that's what Blair talks about a little bit in his ep report which is that mclaurin controlled 29 percent of his team's receiving expected points and he leads all rookies rookie wide receivers in that category through 14 weeks so what that means for us is that if washington could get things figured out which certainly is a very open question i don't think that that's necessarily something that we should expect at all but if washington can get things figured out if this becomes a more normal offense if the overall pie increases then this is a rookie wide receiver who could very quickly be a top 10 guy he's certainly in my top 30 wide receivers in dynasty in those updated rankings could jump again if he gets the kind of value volume and the kind of quarterback play that almost all other wide receivers get it's just so impressive to consider what he's done within the context of a low volume passing offense and very poor quarterback play i definitely agree sean and you know i just i mentioned a minute ago i've been just super impressed with how he's performed as a as a receiver i just wish there was a more sustained quarterback situation but like you mentioned there that might just open up that window a little bit uh, as a buy opportunity and you know this team is you know there's there's so much room to grow in terms of how this offense can perform if they start to move away a little bit from that run heavy game and if you look at it like there's there's good reason why they're a run heavy team based on how this you know offense is set up but if they can get some more pieces in the passing game can open things up then for haskins and then of course open things up as well for McLaurin so uh, definitely somebody who's very high on my radar um, as we get ready for the end of the season somebody else who he has highlighted and you know I've talked about it for multiple 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 weeks is uh, the situation with Buffalo the running back situation with Frank Gore and Devin Singletary I've really liked the look of Singletary but it's it's been uh, you know 
sustained but not really uh you know having exploded onto the scene as if yet but i i think he's somebody who can be a, a real value at the running back position heading into next year has he impressed you sean over the the last couple of weeks i i think i mentioned if you had the patience you know drafting to to look into the future maybe to to not really expect too much this year for him but you know as this year finished up with frank gore and mccoy then probably likely both been out of town for 2020 singletary um could be a real value in that situation definitely and his numbers have ticked up his efficiency has been fantastic all season the volume has been there since he returned from injury and really started to uh, make his presence felt in week eight on the season he's averaging 11.5 expected points per game but there have been some spikes this week was the first week where he surpassed 20 expected points and once his volume gets into that range then he starts to become a clear-cut running back two certainly a borderline running back one and could start climbing fairly quickly especially since he started to have a little bit better receiving numbers as well with his explosiveness if he catches the ball some in this offense and that really is perhaps the trick with this ball with this buffalo team if he catches the ball he's going to be a huge weapon the last couple of weeks i've been trying to decide whether or not to you know burn that contract year in kitchen sink and it becomes more and more difficult he outscored my other possible options in that last spot last week didn't cost me but now we have the super bowl against the three other conference winners and you know it's going to be hard to leave him on the bench even if that compromises the future a little bit singletary looking like he could be the gem of this class even with josh jacobs being there certainly he was out this week didn't get a chance to make his own argument but considering all the criticism the bills received for this selection it's kind of cool to see what he's doing and you're really the star of this class from a running back perspective yeah i was just going to ask you um you know i'll run through some of the stats first and then ask the question but you mentioned since he's kind of come back from injury if you even look at you know since week nine when he had his first game above double digit carries he had 20 carries against the washington redskins and then since that he's only had one game below 10 carries that was the following week create eight against cleveland but if you're looking through it you know he's you know getting 15 uh 21 14 17 this past week and in terms of his yards per carry which is a stat that can you know some people love it some people hate it but in terms of overall he's his his worst week has been 4.5 yards per carry uh, most of those weeks are above five yards so you know he's having consistent explosive runs usually uh, watching I, i've watched a lot of buffalo games this year and this past week's game against the ravens was a hard enough one to to sit through uh quite a large part of it but the, the part that you mentioned there sean he, he's also been seeing targets so he's had three targets or sorry three receptions three receptions then one and two games then back to three and then to six so if we could see him get those kind of four to six targets every game the 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 value here um could be exponential as we head towards next season but the question i had for you is going back now and doing a redraft uh, off where we'd be taking these rookies you know heading into next year and, and a startup uh, or a rookie draft would you be having him as that first running back off the board from from this particular class of running backs I would. I think it's still a, a very difficult choice between him and Jacobs. Certainly Jacobs has been a high volume rusher. The real concern there is losing all of those targets to DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard and no clear guarantee that that's going to change, which is surprising, I think, because one of the ways in which he emerged from that 
three-headed monster in Alabama last year is he was the best receiving back on that team. And so to see him come to the NFL and perhaps be overburdened with a lot of these low-value touches, I think that's frustrating. Now, to see him go from being a, a real timeshare player as a college guy to a workhorse, that's a positive, but Oakland needs to do a better job of getting him touches that aren't just total touches but touches that really translate well into fantasy points perhaps the raiders are on the path to doing that but Derek carr's performance over the last month even with a slightly better game against the titans i think that there are a lot more questions than there are answers in oakland certainly buffalo needs to do some things to improve their offense as well but i think it's easier to see where singletary is now where he'll be a year two years from now and the upside the way he's playing very clearly there so maybe a little bit of a coin flip but i like what singletary is doing in that offense better than uh, jacob's current role in the raiders offense So, Sean, as we get into the fourth quarter, we're going to look here at the zero RB uh, list here in terms of the action that happened this past week. We're going to look a little bit more at the NFC um, when we're looking through these players. But, Sean, there's one guy in the AFC that uh, the, the team hasn't been going all that well, but uh, he has to get a mention here, and that is Mr. Austin Eckler, start off the offseason zero RB reports and where we were trying to get him in our leagues. And, uh, you know, he really, if you were playing him this week, he really delivered. I know, um, you know, the i thought melvin garden looked quite good this week as well i have to have to be fair there but austin eckler um on his limited opportunities with a monster monster week here so i guess we have to we have to give props to mr mr eckler possibly i would put him there as my favorite running back in terms of uh, fantasy players to watch um particularly in those first kind of six weeks of the season but uh this this was a fun day and those lineups that i had him inserted into it certainly was if i'm remembering correctly uh, on his first seven touches he had something like 186 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns and what we've seen from him again this week is what we have seen all season right you have an elite pass catcher an explosive player he's not christian mccaffrey because no one is christian mccaffrey but they share so many of the same traits and that's one of the reasons why he shows up on that zero running back list every season and it's the reason he's one of the best weapons in the entire nfl i was updating the dynasty rankings yesterday and gave him a big bump because i think it's clear at this point that he is not going to move back into what you might consider just a pure darren sproles or Tarek cohen type of role or that even if he does if he remains in any sort of team that wants to win games right that's willing to put a running back in space that he's going to be a fantasy weapon we want that over some of these guys with again the low value touches there is this prejudice against these smaller guys at running back in the nfl and it's one that kills fantasy owners because you end up overpaying for the bigger grinding kinds of runners when players like an aaron jones like a an austin eckler certainly like a christian mccaffrey who was not the clear 101 was not even around 101 in his rookie draft the way you would think uh, looking at what he's done now right and it's not just been those guys you look at a jamal charles you look at some guys like Lashawn mccoy or ray rice go back and look at the peak for ray rice versus the peak for adrian peterson 
and how many fantasy points per game those guys were scoring and you'll surprisingly discover that rice had the edge there because he's got the better profile for fantasy certainly i think also the better profile for actual nfl performance in terms of what you do in a game that helps your team Eckler is the guy that every NFL team should be trying to find. Certainly, we've got some teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, where if they had that guy, their offense would be much, much more dynamic. So I think at this point, any asterisks that we're putting next to Austin Eckler and saying he can't keep it up or the Chargers will just bring in someone else like a Melvin Gordon to take those touches in future years, I guess it becomes very difficult to buy that argument when you consider that melvin gordon is probably a top five running back in the entire nfl right certainly when we're talking about first and second down ball carriers a top five kind of guy and among those early down studs very few are as good receivers as melvin gordon that was one of the things that really uh, allowed him to jump when he made the jump and to stay up in that first round range as a running back is that he has all the traits and he's a very good receiver so austin eckler has done this despite all of that and with another star in the stable with him there so i think the sky is the limit for what eckler does and certainly one of the things that we'll be focusing a lot in the offseason as we do every offseason is finding these guys before they become extremely expensive and finding these guys who fit this trait have this sort of cluster of characteristics that's undervalued one of which is yards before contact so if listeners are interested in that element and how that's actually more important than yards after contact again go back through blair's recent articles his year running back uh, watch list pieces and you'll find some really interesting nuggets about what you should be looking for when you're trying to find running backs who are going to be big fantasy threats for you who are going to have performance that's sustainable in the next season and who are going to be very undervalued. You'll be happy you did. Blair's got some really cool stuff on that topic. Yeah, and when you look at Eckler, you know, the question I was going to say to you, and I think this is pretty fair, I would say Christian McCaffrey is the best pass-catching running back in the NFL. I don't think we're probably going to argue over that. I think then when you're looking at the second best for a consistency purpose, like, you know, people could talk about James White on a one-off basis, but the one that really is the most consistent is uh, Alvin Kamara. I would say there's a there's a legitimate competition between Kamara and Eckler for who would be the second best behind McCaffrey as an actual out-and-out pass-catcher out of the running back position. And if you look through the numbers, like, it's phenomenal what Eckler has done this year in terms of his fantasy points over expectation you know he, he's lapping the field like christian mccaffrey is 22.7 uh points uh, you know in, in terms of the statistic and he has 70.2 uh, he also mccaffrey has 108 receptions to eckler's 84 but in terms of receiving yards uh eckler actually has 104 more receiving yards and four more touchdowns on the season than christian mccaffrey so it just puts into perspective just how good he is and then when you look down through the numbers this year we we talked about fournette and we had to give him his credit for what he's done this season but it, it shows just how much of a volume play it has been uh he's at minus 15 points point four uh you know in terms of his expected expect, expected points so uh McCa- or eckler has just been been phenomenal and somebody who uh, I, I always have loved to watch since he came into the league but this year has been a, a hell of a lot of fun sean when you look through um the rest of the teams here uh, who stands out obviously one that would probably stand out for the roller coaster ride that it's been for the season is that packers uh, situation with Aaron jones again having a monster week but 
uh, as it's been pointed out here five games of 25 plus points four games of seven and a half points or less so it's been su- supremely boom bust in, in that Packers situation for Aaron Jones but is it is him or is there somebody else uh, across those backfields that you want to highlight yeah Aaron Jones has been one of our favorite guys and and someone we picked out as a must draft in his rookie draft even when most people preferred jamal williams jamal williams drafted earlier by the packers i really like both guys at this point uh we talk about how from week nine to week 14 williams actually had a 27 to 17 edge in receiving expected points and when you look at actual points (laughs) that ballooned to 33 to 6 Despite that involvement, Jones has dramatically expanded his receiving profile this season, and and that's been a big part of him taking this next step. He has uh, seven games with six or more targets, and the team has really adjusted how they address the running back position in the passing game. This year, they're averaging 14 expected points through the air to the position, right? So that's what their targets to running backs have been worth. Only the Patriots, Chargers, and Saints average more. So even the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey don't average as many expected points through the air to the running back position. That's a big jump over 2018 when they only averaged 9.1, which was 24th. So it's cool to see both of these guys get their opportunities, taking advantage of it. Aaron Jones, obviously the star. Williams, a little bit more of a best ball kind of threat. But this running game has really done what the team promised it would do in the preseason and what owners of both guys had been hoping uh, especially off of maybe a little bit disappointing 2018 season yeah and i suppose a question i have for you here too when we're looking at some nfc backfields is uh, over the last couple of weeks we've seen a situation um with the, the rams obviously they got absolutely demolished by the baltimore ravens and in that game we've seen todd Gurley have six rushing attempts for 22 yards in that one uh, if you take that game out of it over the last four games he's had 25 carries for 97 and a touchdown he's at 19 carries for 95 and a touchdown he's at 23 for 79 and a touchdown is Todd Gurley possibly uh, back in the frame here you know or do you think it's just a case they're going to run him into the ground for the end of the season and we probably see something similar uh, next season you know where he's back to this inconsistency but you know there has been flashes over the last couple of weeks and the other person I suppose I just want to highlight for the Rams when we're on it is Tyler Higby, another massive week for him, 116 yards. So uh, he's he he said, uh, I know Everett was kind of your guy as the season was going on, but Higby's had a couple of big weeks. But what what's your thoughts on uh, Gurley? Is he uh, is he back in the frame here as we look towards 2020, or is it just a, a 2019 end of season uh, play here at the moment? A little bit like David Johnson, who we saw score a receiving touchdown this week, and has been a player who, even with all of the things have gone that have gone wrong, is still one of the top receiving running backs. I think Todd Gurley could go either way. Twenty-seven touches in this one, obviously Malcolm Brown down to only five, and certainly uh, Darrell Henderson completely taken out of the equation at this point. The Rams really focusing on their best players as they try and save this season so i think the idea that they can kind of keep him on the sideline and use other players because they're such a dominant team that has gone by the wayside right there's a desperation mode that they're in now and i would expect him to perform well during the fantasy playoffs (laughs) he was traded for two second round picks 
in a 14 team uh devi league that i'm in so basically all of the good rookies are even out of the pool uh trying to think in terms of todd Gurley having dropped to the point where he would be worth only two rookie picks when you're talking essentially about non-roster kinds of players uh that both shows i think the frustration uh the desperation and the decline in his dynasty value but certainly he's he's worth much more than what that trade would suggest even if it's just in terms of buying both scenarios even if you're also getting the scenario where brown and henderson are almost equal partners with him next year henderson is the guy i do think you should be buying at this point because his value has dropped so low and frustration has to be so high certainly people are going to be looking at okay i can get those next lottery tickets for the 2020 draft and move away from henderson but Gurley could go either direction look good in this game the offense has looked better with what they have established in the past both the coaching staff the offense uh even someone like jared goff who is a below average nfl quarterback but has gone through stretches where he's been very very serviceable and then todd Gurley himself what he has done i don't think that we can take that bad stretch of the season and make that all that they are and so with those things in mind todd Gurley is certainly someone you'd love to have on your team uh if the price is as right as it has been in a number of trades i've seen over the last month I think as well when you're looking at Debbie leagues, that's a and a standard league is kind of the equivalent to a you know a third round pick. So it's uh, it's just it's just ludicrous when you when you look back. But uh, I have a player, Sean, I want to ask you about. But I'm going to save it here, and we're going to jump into overtime, and uh, I want to spring this one on you. We haven't talked about it before the show, so let's get your thoughts here in just one second. So Sean, here's the player that I want to ask you about. It's about the San Francisco 49ers backfield and obviously you've highlighted here with the situation with Breida coming back this week. You have Tevin Coleman who had a few very big weeks and really faded off the earth this past week with just three rush attempts, no targets. Uh, Breida came back into the action. He had six uh, rush attempts to one receiving target. The guy who done all the work in the receiving or in the 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 backfield, I guess we'll call it, was Raheem Mostert, and you know he's had a couple of weeks back to back here. Ten rush attempts this week uh, and two targets. Uh, caught a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown. Uh, big big week for him. Over the last two weeks, he had nineteen rushes against the the Ravens for one hundred and forty six yards and a touchdown. Uh, two targets in that one as well. This week, ten rushes, sixty nine yards, a touchdown, uh, and then forty receiving yards and a touchdown as well. So we can't really probably rely on emmanuel sanders throwing him a touchdown pass each week but this backfield can we trust raheem mostert if we're starting him in the fantasy playoffs or is this a case of it's a a backfield by rotation each and every week and you have to sit him? what's your thoughts on this backfield for particularly uh, week 15 action here for the playoffs well this is certainly a dagger for matt breed and tevin coleman fans of whom there are justifiably quite a few but most are a very promising guy in his own right perhaps at this point in the season with where everyone is at health wise the best fit for the team and certainly another one of these guys who can play and deserves the appreciation for what he is doing he and, and jeff wilson vultured quite a few of the high value touches earlier in the season and so i think when you've got someone like this who has demonstrated the ability to steal some of the high value work and now is seeing his touches uh, also increase it's going to be difficult to leave him on the bench now still only 
12 touches in this game and if you have a healthier Brita you have a play where Tevin Coleman rips off a couple of 20 yard gains then you're right back into that situation where the volume itself doesn't justify the start so really all of these 49er players are much more uh, comfortable guys to have if you have them in best ball i have brita in a number of leagues in that particular format and that's where i really like to own these 49ers but unless you have a couple of clear stars on your roster and don't need to take any sort of risk then Mostert is the guy that i would feel comfortable playing because the upside is so high do you like him do you think that you know could he get more than two targets next week you'd like to see him more involved in the receiving game i think especially when you consider uh that this game was a shootout to only have those three targets for these main running backs here maybe it's a little bit of a red flag yeah that's what i was going to say there's only three targets between the three running backs in a game with this amount of points uh you know i just thought that that looking you know after the game to see that number i thought was quite staggering uh, i thought they would have got it involved more but uh, you know when you look at it too in a team that you say is so run heavy to just have 19 rush attempts as well from those three running backs uh, but the part that stands out between the rest of them is as most starts efficiency and uh, this and i just wonder if that can be sustained on a relatively small touch number you know in terms of 12 overall touches between the run and the pass and then to, to head in for two touchdowns and for as many yards as he did this past week that's the part that i find it probably unsustainable you know he had 109 combined yards two touchdowns on 12 touches and uh, we talked earlier about eckler and how he has consistently done that i don't think if you look through uh, Mozart's uh, career that it's something that um, we can rely on like I'm just looking here at his career log uh, he's actually um, in the NFL since uh, 2015 he's 27 years old which you know sometimes you see a story like this and you think oh he's a you know second or third year undrafted uh, rookie um, or you know undrafted player and gets a late opportunity but you know 20, 2015 uh, zero rush attempts zero receptions in 2015 2016 he had one rush attempt for six yards and no targets uh, then 2017 uh, 11 games he played in but he had six rushes no targets 2018 34 rushes and seven targets so this year he's at 102 rushes and 17 targets scored six touchdowns and has uh, over 750 yards so it's a really kind of flash out of the blue in terms of what he's done and I think some people might be in a situation where you have to start him this week. I know some people would be delighted if they started him last week, but this backfield overall, you know, I, I, I'm a big Matt, Matt Breda fan. I couldn't start any of these three running backs with any confidence this week, but I know there'll be people that are in a situation where they don't really have a choice. But uh, Sean, I guess what I'll, I'll let you kind of finish it up here. It is a big week to, to get you know over the line in fantasy football championships uh to see where we can get you know it's to see where the prize money falls uh it's it's a kind of pivotal week because it can be all or nothing then after this situation uh, what what's your advice for those players trying to make those final roster decisions uh, whether they're in the semi-finals or the finals this week as they as they make those big decisions i think you know you want to do the same thing you want to do in so many areas of life where you want to go with those guys who have gotten you to this point and uh take the high ceiling guy go for the go for the gold try and and get the win don't take the conservative way out here you don't want to leave those big performances on the bench and certainly the key once you've gotten to this point you've really done what you could do your goal as a dynasty owner is to consistently get that by your goal as a redraft owner is to get into these semifinals here give your team a chance and so 
we just want to enjoy the fantasy playoffs obviously you're going against another team that is somewhat similar in almost all cases so you want to have the luck on your side this week and just uh, really celebrate and enjoy the feeling of having a fantasy playoff team and you know experiencing the fun of getting to watch these nfl games and participate in, in such a great hobby uh, good luck to all of our listeners we know that these games are important to you they're important to us and we've had a lot of fun sharing the the 2019 season with you a few more weeks to go but uh, as you said this with it being such a pivotal week uh, we're sending out the good vibes rooting hard for you and uh, take it home get get into the fantasy finals i think that's a perfect way to finish up today's show so i guess we'll just say uh, thanks for tuning in uh, as always it is road of his overtime on road of his radio uh, be sure and make sure you subscribe to the the podcast feed and come back each and every week we'll be heading on this through the super bowl and then through the off season to keep you uh, up to date on all the fantasy goings and things to get your team ready for next season so best luck this week as sean said my name's colin uh, kelly you can follow me on uh, twitter at overtime ireland and of course sean siegel who does the fantastic work over at rotoviz.com make sure you're reading all his pieces to get yourself ready for those contests this weekend and with that it's going to do it for another one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.